Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew. We're going to be looking at another parable of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And beginning at verse 24. Now I look up here at this, uh, this clock, so it means I've got about an hour and 45 minutes to preach. Is that right, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the custodians said, well, they're waiting for, you know, the daylight saving time <laughs> before they fix it. But Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse uh, 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. When the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now we're going to turn also over to verse 36 in the same chapter, because the Lord Jesus gives us the interpretation of the parable. So beginning at verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. 
And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we study your holy word, we pray that you be our teacher. Through God the Holy Spirit, to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to the benefit of your people, may we as your children grow in our understanding, grow in wisdom and in knowledge, that we might honor you with our lives and also be used by you to share your love with other people and to minister to one another. And so, Father, as we study today, we pray that our hearts would be open, tender toward your word, tender toward the guidance and the touch of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we have the benefit, of course, of the Lord Jesus giving us the interpretation of the parable. And it, of course, makes a tremendous amount of sense. We ask the question, who is this man sowing the good seed? And of course, he's already shared with us that the man, the farmer, if you will, is none other than the son of man. He is the sower. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Son of Man was a term that he used often to refer to himself. The term was first used by uh, Daniel, the prophet, or one of the earliest uses, I guess I should say, of that term was by Daniel, uh, the prophet. He referred to the Son of Man. It is a term that is used to reference the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Now notice that his field is the world. And in using this term, he's referring to all of humanity. All of humanity. He is the Savior for all people. There is no other Savior. Now we've already mentioned that in our Sunday school lesson, we're studying the book of Jonah. And Jonah You'll recall if you were in Sunday school, and if you weren't in Sunday school, I want to invite you to come out to Sunday school. Study God's holy word together with fellow believers. But Jonah was called by God. He was a prophet. 
and he was given a task, and his task was to go and preach to the city of Nineveh, that is, to the people in Nineveh. And Nineveh was inhabited by the Assyrian people, and the Assyrians were a very brutal and cruel people. And the Assyrians persecuted the Jewish people and enslaved them. So there was no love lost there. And Jonah, when he got this message or this call from God to go and preach to Nineveh, he said, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. So he, you know, he, he, he takes passage on a ship, moving in the opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. That was an ancient uh, title or name for what is believed to have been Spain. So he, he's, he's on the way out. And you know the story. The storm comes up and uh, uh, he acknowledges that he's running away from God and men reluctantly throw him overboard. And as the, as the book continues, of course, there he is in the, the belly of this, of this great fish or whale, whatever it was, and he cries out to God, and God, of course, is the God of mercy. So he forgives Jonah, and uh, the fish spits him out on the shore. He makes, he makes no time, you know, he wastes no time in getting to Nineveh. He gets to Nineveh, and he, he walks around, and miraculously, the entire city converts. They all repent from the king down to the, to the lowest peasant, if you will. Now, and I believe, it, if my memory serves me correct, it was about 100,000 people. That, that was quite a crusade. <laughs> and you would have thought that, that Jonah would have been happy. But instead, he got angry. He was upset. He's like, this is why I didn't want to preach to these people. Why? Because he knew that God would forgive them. You say, what? That, that's strange. Yes, it is. It is. God's people are supposed to be loving and kind and merciful. Well, the field is the world. Now, there are some who who interpret this as just the church. No, it's not just the church. It's not, it's not limited to just the church. The field is all of humanity. And yes, the church is a part of humanity, but certainly doesn't make up the whole of humanity. The field is all of humanity. We are to be sharing the gospel message, the gospel of God's love and grace with all of humanity, not just the people we like or people who look like us. God loves every human being. Notice, in this parable, the good seed are the children of God. In the parable that we looked at last week, it referred to the soils and, and really the condition of various hearts and the responses that, that, um, that are elicited when the message of the gospel to share with people. But here, the good seed are the sons or the children of the kingdom. And it includes both Jews and Gentiles. You see, the Jewish people, the, 
the nation of Israel was to be a nation of, of priests who took the message of God's love to the rest of humanity. But sadly, like, like Jonah, so many didn't want to do that. And when the Messiah came, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize the God who loved them and had come to deliver them. The children of God, and it's the children of God are, are described here. They're called God's children. God is their father. God is our father. We have a relationship with him that's based upon God's grace, God's righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. And he also says that the day is coming when we will shine forth with the glory of God. God is going to radiate throughout our lives. But secondly, who's this enemy? that sows the bad seed. Well, Jesus has given us that answer as well. The devil. The devil. The devil is real. The devil is a living being. He is a fallen angel. The Bible says he was one of the most beautiful of all the angels created. But then arrogant pride was found within him. He sought to become God himself, to take God's place. And human beings have been doing that since the beginning of time, seeking to be their own God. Oh, I heard some disturbing news yesterday. Disturbing, disturbing news. You've heard about the, you know, the transgenderism and all this other stuff, right? But you know, it doesn't, it doesn't end there. <coughs> that the certain wealthy elites and political elites, they're working on a project called transhumanism. Where they want to alter the DNA of humans to the point that three things occur. One, that you never get sick. Person says, well, that's not so bad. Another thing is that you live forever so that you never die. And the third thing is that it increases your IQ. They can, they can manipulate your DNA. You see, because if you, the average IQ, I believe it's a, like 100 to 120, and if you're up to about 140, then you're in you know, the genius level and it goes up from there. But what they want to do is they want to raise it to 1,000 so that they have superhumans. But only those who are wealthy enough, understand? You follow? Only those who are wealthy enough would have access to it so that the rest of the poor folk you know, you'll just go on through life struggling and you'll die and be gone and forgotten, as they say. And then I heard some other very disturbing news. The recent passing of Queen Elizabeth, 
well, there's a new king in town. And did you know that, I didn't know this, maybe, maybe you knew this. You've probably heard the term commonwealth. Well, you know, the commonwealth of, of, uh, of England, or the British commonwealth, includes some 56 other nations who recognize the crown or the king as king voluntarily over their nation. Some 2.4 billion people are included in those 56 nations. You probably didn't know that. But you know, the book of Revelation tells us that uh, toward the end, there will be 10 kings, kingdoms, and eventually they will give their power and their authority and their wealth and their might to one king, one earthly king. And then I listened to a speech that was given by none other than Prince Charles before he became King Charles. And he said something to this effect. We need someone perfect who can be at the head of a government that is worldwide so that we have one economic system and we require and implement a source of renewable energy and if we have to do so we will enforce it militarily around the world this is Prince Charles before he became king just about a year ago speaking make no mistake about it Make no mistake about it. The devil is at work sowing his wicked schemes in the world. Make no mistake about it. And our government is following right along, hand in glove, if you will. This idea, this idea that Everything can be run on renewable sources of energy. I wonder what the people down in Florida and South Carolina think about that right now. Where are they going to plug their vehicles in? The devil sows bad seed, and have a word there, darnell. It's actually the darnell, which is a type of vegetation that looks exactly like the wheat or the grain. And you can only tell the difference once it begins to produce its actual flower or grain. And it's, it's actually poisonous. Now, what happens is, is it becomes entangled within the roots of the other plants or crops. It becomes entangled and basically chokes it. The bad seed are the children of the wicked one. Notice that, the devil. Now, you've, you've heard me say this before, and I'll continue saying it. Not everyone who is living in the human race is a child of God. They're, not everyone is in God's family. You'll hear people say, well, we're all God's children, you know. We're, no, that is not correct. 
We've all been created. We are all owned by God. But not everyone is in God's family. And Jesus makes it clear right here. He says there are sons of the Father and there are sons of the devil. Or children of God and there are children of the evil one. What's the difference? Because there really are only two types of people in the world. We all belong to the human race, but there are only two types of people in the world. Those who believe in God and love him and those who do not. Who want to be their own God and are children of the devil. That's what Jesus says here. I didn't write it. I didn't write it. Jesus is the one who teaches it. The Bible says the devil roams the earth seeking whom he may devour. You can read that over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He continuously, he and his demons, continuously seek to rob individuals of a proper understanding of God's word and to rob individuals of a right relationship with the Lord. Now, over in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, the Bible teaches that our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is the devil, basically. That's a, that's a summation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual, right? Against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil is our enemy. And never think for one moment, I mentioned this last week, they like to peddle this lie. The government does not care about you. You might find that very difficult to believe or to accept. God cares about you. God loves you. The Lord gave his life for you. And if it comes down to whether the government lives or you live, guess what? You're going to die. The government will give you up just as easily as it sends soldiers off to die in a war. Just as easily as our country left those people in Afghanistan. So you won't, you won't hear about that in the news. But right now, Afghanistan has become the most dangerous place on earth to be a Christian. And those who help America are being murdered in Afghanistan. They're going house to house to house. And wherever they find a Bible or they find a family that had anything to do with the Americans, they're killed. And you don't hear about them. Because that's not possible. The devil is real. Notice, these people are also called lawless. Lawlessness is not pleasing to God. Not in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Lawlessness is not pleasing to God. Then I heard about something else. You may have heard of this. Over in the Baltic Sea, there was one of those uh, gas lines, pipeline. It was blown up. 
And I think to, to this very day, millions of gallons of, of gas is escaping into the Baltic Sea. I wonder, what about all the environmentalists? And sadly, tragically, our own government talked about, well, something might happen to that pipeline. And within just a, I don't know, a few months or so, something did happen, and so it's being investigated. And there's the possibility that America may have been involved in that. It's hard to, it's hard to, to, to accept, it's hard to imagine that we would do something like that. And yet that possibility is there. The devil roams the earth seeking to devour. He seeks to entangle Christians in all kinds of evil and wickedness. Why? Because to do that, then he also impacts negatively the work of the church. And he impacts negatively the work of the kingdom. Now, the Lord did make this declaration that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But the church is to be involved in sowing seed and in being that good seed. We move on to our third point. God's plan will be fulfilled according to his will. You notice the workers, they said, well, should we go and pull out the weeds? And he said, no. No, because if you do that, you're going to damage the wheat as well. As people wonder, why is God taking so long? Why does he allow all this evil to go on and on and on and on? Because of grace. Because of grace. Both types of seed grow together. And this is one reason why there's so much evil in the world. Because God is giving the human race opportunity to come to know him. Yes, we would like for the Lord to return today. That would be fabulous. It would be great. But imagine the number of lost people. God has a timetable for everything, and it will, it will be fulfilled in his time. God's grace, the opportunity for salvation. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The harvest the harvest is the end of the age. Guess what? This age is going to come to an end one day. Judgment is coming. The reapers are the angels of the Lord, and the, the harvest, the end of the age, is a time of separation. God is going to separate those who love him from those who reject him one day. That day is coming. Make no mistake about it. Now, our nation, for many years, has been going down the wrong order. And I just read yesterday that in California, their governor signed into law an abortion bill that allows the taking of the life of an infant all the way up to 28 days after birth. So that if, if the abortion is botched and that baby lives, that they have 28 days to kill it, infanticide. 
And here's the other thing. In this bill, there are also protections disallowing or not allowing an investigation to be conducted, nor anyone basically to be held accountable. If that isn't wicked and evil, that's what that governor signed in. And they want this guy to run for president. And if you think that the hurricane in Florida is bad, and all the other things that are going on across the country, you let this continue to increase. But sadly, evil, evil will continue to increase. The Bible says that things are going to, to wax worse and worse and worse. And here's... here's Another thing that is so tragic, and yet Christians will go out and vote those kind of people into office. But notice the separation is going to take place, and God's children will shine forth like the sun. You remember Moses, the Bible says that when he would go in to speak to the Lord, then when he, he would come out, he would have to cover his face. Why? Because he, his face shined with the brilliance and the glory of God. And one day, those who love the Lord are going to shine like that as well. Well, in summary, what do we learn from this passage? The Lord continues to call and send forth his children. We, as seed, are to be going out into the mission field to be witnessing, to be involved in evangelism. Over in Isaiah, he says, Who will go for us? And who will I send? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen. And then his field is the entire world, or in other words, all of humanity. The people who live next to you, the people that you deal with from day to day, and everyone in your family. The harvest is coming, and it's a day of separation and judgment. And although evil exists in this world, it will be dealt with by God one day. And lastly, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. The invitation is the Lord's invitation to you. If you don't know him as Savior, accept him today. If you've accepted the Lord but you haven't been baptized, come. Follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Let's stand, please, as we sing. The Savior is with We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.